Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Uh oh! Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on! I know you can hear me. It's Hump Day. Hump Day. Let's get rolling. This is the Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Welcome on in. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Wednesday. Shout out to our title sponsor, Mountain America Credit Union, to get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020. For the new Mountain America credit card, for details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Gordon, what is happening? How are you? I am Really good, Jake. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. It's game day on the station. It's beautiful outside. Oh, is it, what a gorgeous day it is today. This is one of those fall days where it feels like late summer, but man, it is sweet outside. I think we, we've got a fun show on tap today. I'm a tad bit disappointed in you, but just a tad. Uh, that's I mean it's, it's not really a big deal. What I do wrong? Well, we were talking about it before the show, and it's really nitpicky. But you can just don't. You played nine today, <laughs> and you wore jeans. I did. And you did this the other day too. Don't I did. don't please just don't be don't be jeans on the golf course guy. Just, really, it's not it's, such it's, a faux pas. It's, it's a big faux pas. But, it is a I terrible mean, look. But, but I called ahead and made sure that that course uh, said you can wear whatever you want. It's not about the rules, Gordon. It's it's not about What is it about? It's not about doing the bare minimum. It's it's about <laughs> what? It's about the, the Are you going to a cocktail party or a, are you going to do an athletic event? It's about Exactly. It's it's about the proper attire for the athletic event. Like you're not going to wear your jeans playing basketball. It's the it's the same concept here, and I just think wearing jeans on the golf course sends the wrong message to everybody around you. Let me let me put it this way: because you played with your wife today, uh, I, I know you play with PK a lot. You I and I get PK out from time and a to time. Of his, and so uh, here I'm just going to say it because they won't. You're embarrassing them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are embarrassing them, and and so I just I. So what I'm is okay? That so out there. La, la, what I, the message I'm getting from you is that if I'm going to wear jeans on a golf course where it is perfectly legal to do so, then I might as well be smoking a few heaters and pounding some uh, some some Budweisers. Right. That that's the message that you're sending, and that and at wearing, any, having a mullet maybe, and at any moment your shirt's going to come off. At some point during the the during <laughs> the round, a, and your, I got a, your shirt's a, a white off. tank top on. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm just saying that's that's what you're putting out there. Is that, is that, is that a real thing, or are you just being a snob? No, 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 no. That's a real thing. 
I mean, you just find some slack. Not, find if something. If there's not a rule against it, then why? What? Why? What's the big how deal? Many, how many? How many? Uh, how many times have you watched a, a PGA event and seen somebody wearing jeans? I remember one time I uh, I went to cover uh, an event that was at a snooty country club in Los Angeles, and the the one nervous guy stopped me and said. I couldn't come on the course with jeans on. And I said I was there to cover the event for the L.A. Times. And he said, well, maybe we'll get you a pair of slacks you can put on. I said, I can cover the freaking Masters in jeans. So the, even then, the message wasn't driven home that maybe jeans well, aren't the proper well, thing to wear. Well, I wasn't playing, but that was a snooty country club. Uh, well, okay, the the uh, the the dumpster open down a waste management thing down at Phoenix. That is far from snooty. I mean, far from <laughs> snooty. And I want you to tell me how many players in that tournament are, are wearing pl- jeans. But they're professional it's not golfers. About the gallery. I don't I'm care. Out. I'm out with my friends to have a good time. <laughs> No, X nay on the on the Eans chat. Okay, that no, needs to I go. need someone to really. I need a level-headed golfer to straighten me out on this. At Gordon Monson, at Jake Scott Zone, at Austin Horton, or or get even better on the open mic feature on the Zone Sports Network app. No, I understand that it's a little unorthodox, but I didn't know I was that. making a statement you that are. I am essentially a trashy person. You you're absolutely broadcasting that message. And but look, I, I, the, the shirt. Is a fine shirt. The shirt is fine. That's very golf course appropriate. I, 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 in fact, I really like that shirt. It's good looking. <laughs> and for a radio show, honestly, you're dressed fine. <laughs> but, but if you go out on a golf course, you can't you wear be jeans. Wearing the the, the fancy schmancy pants. Nope, just not jeans. Fancy schmancy dockers are fine. The fact that you tell me I can't makes me want to do it. I'm more. not telling you you can't. I'm I'm just telling you it's a really bad look, and you you should not do it. I'm not telling you you can't. I'm saying should. I'm I'm approaching this as a friend, who's giving another friend advice. Like if I had a booger hanging, I would appreciate it if you had said, "Hey, you know, take care of that a little so bit." Right? If I had was... something in my teeth, I would want you to say, "Hey, grab a toothpick." So and, when and I take was putting for my third birdie today. Uh, I, uh, I, I, uh, I should have felt bad because I was wearing jeans. I don't know about feeling bad, but, uh, I, I bet you make those butts because I missed them. Right. But had you been wearing some sort of khaki, Austin, who's, who's uh, a casual golfer, been trying to golf more. Austin is aware of this stigma. I'm sure. Yeah. It's like, you don't go skiing in jeans. Same concept. Used to do that too. Oh, weird. In the day. Not anymore. Well, okay, so, all right. I've got golf pants, you know? I got them. Do you? Yeah, but I don't necessarily want to wear them because I don't want to look all formal like that. You you look out of place now. <laughs> I need I need second opinions on this. Will you please guide me? All you listeners out there, because we've got a lot of listeners who are great golfers who play a lot of golf. Now, I don't normally wear jeans on a golf course. Usually I wear shorts. But I knew I was coming to work, and I thought, you know, directly from there. So I figured I would wear the the, the longer pants, even though they are jeans. And uh, let me ask you this. If they weren't blue, would they be okay? No. Uh-uh. No, the, so any the, kind of denim, the denim, even if it's black. Denim's out. Yeah. 
And, and, I mean, okay, but help me from from a practical standpoint. What difference does it make what a man's pants are made out of? It makes a difference in golf. Again, are you when you go hoop it up with the fellas? Are you throwing on your jorts, your jean shorts? <laughs> no, it's not appropriate for basketball. It's like jeans are not appropriate for golf. But you say you say follow what the pros do. Well, the pros can't wear shorts either, and we all wear shorts playing golf. Now I don't wear cargo shorts. I don't do that. The cargo short would be more appropriate than the jean. Really? Yes, no. One hundred percent. Cargo shorts are useful on a golf course. You put no, your extra no, ball no, on this no, side, your no, tees on that no. side. Cargo is in front of jean. Yes, that's a fact. That's a, that's a fact. Speedo might be there. I don't know. Speedo might be ahead of Gene on the appropriateness scale. I mean, G-Man tweets at us already and says, hashtag white trash golfer. Yeah? Good. I drive a pickup truck, man. That's, that's uh, Those are my people. Uh, Ken on Twitter. Not really a pickup truck. Uh, Ken on Twitter said, Gordon, wear whatever you want that makes you feel comfortable. This is why I hate golf and why most people hate golf. It's filled with a bunch of stupid rules that make people feel uncomfortable. Hashtag get off my lawn sport. Did he tweet that while he was bowling? Or? So I, I felt you've completely got, comfortable. You've got... Very comfortable. Okay, but here's the thing. You've got support from a dude who obviously has a bias against the sport of golf. <laughs> this is not a golfer. But I feel Ken like is a bowler. I get the feeling, though, that you're a slave to what other people think about you. And, you know, I've never done that. No. I've never. I've always marched to the beat of my own drum. I'm, I'm just polite. Or however that saying goes. And I know, you know, what's appropriate to wear when doing a— the, Who made the rules for you? If the golf course doesn't mind, you see, you're living by some other standard that, I, I, is this the way guys feel? All y'all out there, I need to hear your opinion. Because I'll listen. I will listen. I will change my way if I need. But only if the listeners tell me to. All right. I'm not going to do it because you think some, you know, there's some spillover from a country club that won't allow it. I mean, I did get thrown off the golf course over at Willow Creek for wearing jeans. You did. That happened. And it wasn't the the, the, the Oscar the Grouch t-shirt, although it wasn't collared. So that's a thing, too. Do you ever wear t-shirts on the golf course? No. So that's another thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying this. You can, you can make whatever statement you want, but I'm telling you, you're embarrassing your wife. And that's probably something <laughs> okay, that you okay, should Okay, that's be another con- thing. My wife is wearing a freaking t- sports bra, practically, and that's perfectly okay. She can do that, but I can't wear jeans or a T-shirt. I mean, what's who made those rules? And we were over at a certain country club where I was, where we were both getting a lesson, and the guy said to me, "You got a T-shirt on," and I said, "Okay, I'll go buy a golf shirt. I got a hundred of them at home, but I'll go buy one just for this lesson." So I did. And I said, is she okay? She had a sports bra on. I said, is she okay? And he said, she's fine. We're not talking about Lisa. And you really are comparing yourself to her? That's that's well, the best thing you can come up with? Well, why is it okay for her but not for me? A lot more latitude. I'm not for, wearing a sports bra. She's nice. Uh, Alex, by the way, tweets and he says, golf dress etiquette coming from Jake, who I watched golf in flip-flops. I did used to golf <laughs> in flip-flops. Yeah, I used to golf in flip-flops all the time. 
Uh, well, how do you live with yourself then? Was the was it the course with the windmill and the clown? Or? No, 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 no. I uh, there there is a method to my madness. But yeah, there were several years there where I only played golf in flip flops. Flip flops still more appropriate than jeans, might I argue? I think you're making the rules up for yourself and for others. Sure, but I'm just telling you, you're you're embarrassing. You're embarrassing. All right, well, I'm on belabor the point. Maybe we already have. But if you have some advice for me, could you please? Uh, at me at Gordon Monson and let me know. And you can also include Jake because he needs some education on this as well. I want to know whether whether he's right at Jake Scott. All right, zone. Uh, I've got another thing I want to bring up, kind of a side topic today, and we'll we'll get to that a little later on in the show. Let's let's get to the split story. Let's let's get down to business, and, and Gordon can get his his golf feedback. And all right, give, give me a hint on the other topic, real quick, just a tease. The great venues in this state. All right. So think about the great sporting venues in okay. this state. All right. You want to? Uh, I mean, we can we can just bring it up real quick, and and we could even, we could uh, get some ideas and then devote a segment to it later. I uh, for some reason I don't know how it appeared in my timeline because I'm not necessarily a follower, but Utah State alumni on Twitter tweeted out, "Who's excited for basketball season? What is your favorite Spectrum memory?" And I thought all the great venues around here. I've got specific. Great memories associated with almost all of them. Well, I mean, there are some great venues here, including the Spectrum. Even though, have they gotten rid of the speckled seats? The speckled seats? Well, they're all, you know, different colors. Oh, oh, I doubt did, it. Did they fix it? But, but, like, I've got a great memory, and it's not even necessarily a great sports moment. I've got a great memory about about the Spectrum. I've got a great memory about, uh, about certainly, Vivint Smart Home Arena, the Huntsman Center, the Marriott Center, the, the, the Rice-Eccles Stadium. Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I mean, great memories. Hmm. So what's your best memory in a specific sports venue? At Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. Does that have anything to do with becoming a true Aggie? For me? Or, no. Or no. an ultimate Aggie? I would not be considered a true Aggie myself. Okay. But right. I, I, I have had some great memories, though, at the Spectrum. That's a terrific place to watch a college basketball. Incredible place yeah. to watch. You're involved in one of my great memories watching oh. uh, a game of the Spectrum. All right. All right. So what what's your best? What's the top what's at the top and why? And maybe it's maybe it's uh something that happened on the field or court or maybe it's something that happened in the periphery. Maybe it's some reason it it stands out in your memory. Like the my my Spectrum answer honestly cuz I have a couple of Spectrum you're involved in one of them. My Spectrum answer has Almost nothing to do with what happened on the floor. Well, what does it have to do with? I know this story. It's my memory. Yeah, I'm sure Austin knows this story. What? So what is it? Let's let, just let us know your best memory associated with what venue. We can use the open mic feature, uh, Zone Sports Network um, app. Hit the open mic feature and uh, send a, a take 15 seconds or less to Austin there in the control room. Or tweet at us at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. All right. All right, let's talk a little football. It's time for the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
Coach Kalani Sataki, head coach at BYU. Kalani, I'm going to lob a softball up there to you. How you doing at BYU? Has it turned out about the way you thought it would? I love every second of it. I love being a coach. I am lucky at where I'm at, and I enjoy every part of it. And so when you ask me that question, I'm all smiles, you know, and, and, and I'm loving every second of it, and I, I can't complain. I'm just so grateful that I've been given the opportunity to be a coach and that I have great mentors in, my, in this profession that have helped me along the way and that I have such great relationships with so many people, both here at BYU you in other places. It's been a hot topic on the station today, and we did uh, touch on it yesterday, but with uh, BYU going into a game against Boise State, who's a very formidable foe, yes. coming off uh, losing not only three games in a row, but back-to-back losses to Toledo and then South Florida. Uh, you know, people are talking about the head coaching position at BYU and whether standards are being met and what are the ramifications if they are or are not. And I, I think this is how I would sum down the, the or sum up, excuse me, the conversation in my mind, Gordon. There's the BYU football program is where it's at because of circumstances, but Kalani is the guy for the job, but the circumstances at the moment are overwhelming the program, but he deserves more of an opportunity to, to pull it out. That's well said. Is that what you believe, or is that what you think is just uh, someone's uh, theory? Or the other side, where standards are not being met, uh, you need to find somebody who can meet those standards regardless of those circumstances, that those are excuses, and this program is capable of more. And that's the that's the it seems to me that's the prevailing battle of ideologies yeah. in well, this discussion. If it's the second one, then you better go convert Nick Saban and hire him. Well, even that's part or, of the discussion whether whether that standard for a, a card carrying member of the church should yeah, if that should exist or well, maybe I mean, that should be changed. Yeah, maybe it should, but that is the way they uh, that's their rule down there, and uh, you know unless you're going to get Andy Reid. We're going to pay him $15 million a year and bring Andy Reid in? Not likely. I, I I think it's more the first than the latter. That the right guy is there, but the circumstances are overwhelming the yeah, football program I, right I now. I think there are weaknesses uh, with what I'm seeing from the coaching staff, but I don't think that's the end-all, be-all. I don't think that is the cause. I think there are things that run much, much deeper than that. Uh, an overall commitment to a successful football program, in my opinion, does not exist at BYU. I think there are evidence. There, there is evidence on on both sides of this argument. It depends on on really what you weigh more. Uh, I would say the the shape of the defense right now, BYU, and and I wholeheartedly believe this. They should never, ever, ever be one hundred and twenty third against the run <laughs> in the country. That yeah. should not happen. They've showed their the ability to recruit linebackers and linemen there that, hey, maybe some years are better than others, but you should never, ever, ever be 123rd in the country against the run. So I would certainly, if I were the in charge of athletics down there, I would be examining stuff like that. Why is that? Is that because you don't have the guys? Because that's coaching staff fault. Is that because they're not coached well? Again, coaching staff fault. Yeah, at the college level, both of those things fall in the in the coach's lap. So, how much accountability is demanded for that? And are there other examples that you would point to and say, okay, this, at BYU, regardless of the the other circumstances, this should never happen? Is more of that going maybe, on? Maybe maybe it should never happen. Maybe some of it shouldn't happen. But okay, let, 
you're Kalani Sataki, and you're going into a young guy's living room who you really want. This guy is going to help your program in a major way. What are you selling? What are you selling? What do you say to that guy? Okay, uh, we play top drawer football. Not true. We uh, we play for uh, a conference championship. Not true. We uh, if you make a mistake, uh, short of breaking the law, it, it it will not get you in trouble. Not true. I think you're. What, what are you? What 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 are you using to lure in these players that you need in order to make your program what you want it to be? First and foremost, you sell religion, un- unique experience. I religion. mean, that, that that's what you're leading with because the the majority of your recruits are are going to be members of the church. How many prayerful? 300-pound defensive tackles are there out there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a bunch. But some of those guys are going to the University of Utah. You need to or be— Or they're going to the SC. Or they're going to Wisconsin. Or they're going— uh, what, what do you have to sell? And, and with, the, with the way the LDS Church has its institute program, they have things to offer these kids at other universities that— you know, not not as comprehensive as at BYU, but have you seen the uh, the LDS Institute uh, building up at the University of I Utah? Have. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's what you want, if that's the flavor you want, then you can get it there, and you can still play for a Rose Bowl berth. Well, if I were BYU, what I, I would say it's still not the same. But I I think that's a strong argument that other uh, universities like Utah are making when when uh, guys are deciding between the two, but I also think if it, honestly, if I were Kalani, I'd be selling these big time games on on a big stage, but I'd sell playing in them. Right now, if I were a BYU coach and I needed to recruit guys, I'd be saying you're going to play tomorrow, and there's not even going to be a doubt. I mean, like, but I already thought that he when we talked with him a year ago or so, maybe two years ago, he said. I'm never going to give anybody a position. They have to earn it. I and he did, and and in his mind, uh, maybe that's the direction he goes. But what what I see missing from BYU right now, and maybe they have some of the missionaries uh, coming back or whatever. But but BYU, when they've been successful, which is a lot, by the way, they've always got a handful, six, ten, absolute dudes, absolute studs. And and six, you've been ten? six two ten? Oh. Did I, not six ten? Not not height six two ten. Well, I mean Kafusis, you know, they're a they're a tall family. <laughs> so maybe but anyway, my point being like uh the other day, I can't remember what we were talking about, but we went and reviewed some of the players on that 06 BYU team. Mm-hmm. There was a handful of absolute studs. And you've been you've been talking about BYU needs more playmakers. This is kind of what I'm talking about. But on both sides yes, of the ball, on both not sides. not just offense, but yeah. on on defense as well. Yeah, they, they don't. Can't, they can't rush the quarterback. They can't pressure the quarterback, and they can't get chunk yardage. Or they they don't often do that because they they just don't have the playmakers to do it. And I'm not even talking about NFL guys, although that would help. I'm talking like, is there a Cameron Jensen? On this BYU team right now, is there a Cam Jensen? Because that guy, that guy balled at BYU. He was tough. He made a zillion tackles down there. He was a good leader. He was a dude. Is there is there a Cam Jensen on that defense right now? I mean, they're void of studs. I'm not saying completely. I think Zach Wilson can be that guy. 
Uh, I thought. Are you uh, sure about that? I'm not even sure. I'm not a hundred. I'm not a. I'm not a hundred percent. We'll see. You know, I thought at one point Micah Simon would develop into a guy like that, but uh, Matt Bushman, I think, is a dude like yeah. that. But there's not. There's not a bunch of them right. like we usually see. Right. It's Kyle Whittingham says it over and over and over again. The most important aspect of being successful in college football at a high level is recruiting. You got to get the athletes. You got to. And if you don't have them, then you don't have the weapons you need to win. And BYU is lacking. They have some good players, just not enough of them. This was the case with Utah State for a long, long time. And back then we were saying, wait a second, if Boise State can be successful the way they are, why can't Utah State? And they've headed in that direction ever since. I mean, now they have many more playmakers, and some more in certain years than others, but BYU has dried up in that regard to some extent, and they need to get those guys back. But what are they selling? Right. What are they freaking selling? That is the key question for BYU. And how much money are they willing to spend to get those players? And I don't mean illegally. No, no, no. But Utah's spending a million, over a million dollars a year on their recruiting budget. Right. And this is, this is right to staff, to travel, to how everything. Much, how much are you willing to pay your coaches? How much are you willing to pour into that program? Or do you view it as a church calling? Do you view it like it's objectionable to us to pay our coaches X amount of dollars? How much is Morgan Scally making right now? How much is Andy Ludwig making right now? Uh, what are they up to, 750 like Something like that? Yeah, I think so. Is BYU willing to pay its assistance along those lines? Now, Jeff Grimes might be making some money, but I, I don't think they're at the same level. You get what you pay for, don't you? This whole idea in your mind that, well, we've we've had miracles in the past. We've had these, under Lavelle Edwards, we had certain things happen where we really weren't paying for it, but it, it happened. So it can happen. It's not going to happen. No. You get what you pay for. And BYU's not doing that. They are not committed to uh, the level of of quality football that their fans are hoping for. And that's a huge chasm. All right, we'll talk some Utes right around the corner as they get set for a showdown with Arizona State. Stay tuned for that. But joining us now in studio, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. First of all, Andrew, how are you I'm today? I'm doing well. Good to be with you guys again. Do you have any thoughts on golfing in jeans, appropriate or not? I'm a member at Oak Ridge, and they banned that. Uh-huh. So. See? <laughs> Nobody in jeans is allowed. It's been a controversial subject. Has it really? Yeah. But that's a... That's a hoity-toity country club, you know? See, it's, one of those, the mo- it's affordable, we like to call it. But but you would agree with me when you when you see a guy playing golf in jeans, you expect to see a Marlboro in his ear. Yeah. Hold on here. Andrew, <laughs> let, let me read you this. Rusty says, what does he want you to wear? I'm a golfer, and that sounds stupid that you can't wear jeans. Next time you're playing on the tour, then adhere to the dress code. Oh, yeah. You know what? Now that I think about it, they may allow it in, like, the winter months or yeah. There's there's time a lot as so. it's getting a little yeah. cooler. Well, anyway, it's good to see you, and we love it when you have a chance to come in because you get a chance to help a lot of our listeners. We do, yeah. We've got uh, Wasatch Medical and Murray, of course. Many of the listeners have heard about it. This new treatment for erectile dysfunction, um, acoustic wave therapy, so cool. 
probably for what it's not than what it is. It's not medication. Um, so many guys taking the pill to deal with ED, thinking about surgery, um, some guys taking testosterone. None of it has worked all that well. Uh, about 70% of our patients that come in have failed with almost everything that exists. Uh, they're looking for a breakthrough. They're looking for something different. Typically, with just a few short treatments, we can restore function in the bedroom. Um, it's clinically shown to increase blood flow. So that's essentially what it does. That's the whole idea. That's so the whole idea. You're, you're treating the, the problem as opposed to the symptom. Yeah, you think about ED, it's a blood flow issue. That's really what this is. Um, and, and yeah, the, the medication is a Band-Aid. It's temporary. This is more a long-term fix, and it's natural spontaneity back. All right, here's the number to call, 801-901-8000. Find out what they can do for you, 801-901-8000. And you're taking all the risk out of this with a great deal for our listeners, Andrew, where really they can just find out if it's right for them. Yeah, give us a call right now. We will do an initial assessment exam. It's an analysis of you, which is kind of cool. There may be something in your life that's causing the ED that you don't know about, like a medication, for example. I think the doctor can tell you in 30 seconds so give us a call right now we'll do that whole process along with a blood flow ultrasound totally free normally 300 bucks 801-901-8000 call and get on the books today 801-901-8000 thanks andrew thank you that's andrew from wasatch medical clinic we'll get to some youth football coming up right around the corner 97.5 and 1280 the zone this is dj and pk Lincoln Kennedy. Oregon has a ton of experience, and even Utah has a lot of seniors. You look at a team like ASU and Washington. At what point can you get beyond, well, he's a young player? Because we're halfway through the season. Are we there? Right at this point. That's when you stop making excuses for the younger players or, you know, expecting more of the the players. The game saved between Arizona State and Utah is revealing because we've also seen in the past how Utah has had trouble the latter part of the year. Well, this is a statement game. It's a time when your senior leadership is supposed to take over and you're supposed to find a way to rally to win these games. This is around the time where it becomes evident. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Showed up in boots and ruined your blind tie affair. The last one to know. Band of the day today, Garth Brooks, selected by our friend Blake Murdoch and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Didn't know we'd see Blake today. Of course, Murdoch Hyundai in uh, Salt Lake and Linden. Is there a nicer man on the planet? Oh, he's a good dude. Here filming a commercial with Matt Harpering. How about that? Anyway, Blake dropped in and said hi, so we let him pick the uh, band of the day today. In fact, DJ and PK are going to be at Murdoch Hyundai Friday morning, 4646 South State Street. So there you go. Good to see Blake. Uh, keep uh, keep your suggestions coming for best moment at what particular venue. Uh, let's let's uh, let's tie that up with Win Ticket Wednesday, shall we? Yeah. Best answer or or 
you know, most unique perspective. I don't know. Whatever stands out, we're going to send you to see Guns N' Roses. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that unique. It's just anything that strikes us. And you can go in on the open mic as well on our Zone Sports uh, Network app. And I'll tell you what, Gordon, why don't we give out ours kind of as the show goes. So coming up in the next segment, we'll give out uh, one of ours. Okay. Uh, because we have a little of advantage because we go to all these venues uh, somewhat regularly. We do. And uh, have unique experiences. But uh, but uh, one coming in, let's see. Uh, this uh, Hector, our boy Hector, says, My favorite memory would be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 2007 Holy War, 4th and 18. And I would say this year against US, uh, USC, place was crazy both times. Just your favorite memory from what venue? Yeah. All right. That's good. Let's talk a little bit about the use. By the way, you're getting killed on the- uh, On the golf thing? No, I'm not. And by the way, Blake- It's it's a lot of people are coming down hard on you, a few on me, but- Blake sided with me, and I feel like that's like 100 votes. But he's a country club guy. And Andrew Reinhardt sided with me, and Austin sides with me, and a lot of our listeners also side but with me. But more are siding with me. I don't know about that. Yeah, I but think that's what's going on. Uh, continue to give Gordon advice on wearing <laughs> jeans on the I will golf listen course. to the listeners. If they say not to wear jeans, I will never wear jeans again. I will make that pledge right now. I will never again wear jeans on the golf course if that's what the listeners, if that's what the majority of listeners say. Otherwise, I'm not going to worry about it. Utah, Arizona State, Rice Eccles Stadium, Saturday, Gordon. Pac-12 Network. Figure out, figure out a way to watch this one. This is a big, big game. I mean, this is, this is huge. It is. Years. It's one of the bigger games uh, that they've had in the Pac-12 because if they lose. For they've re- they've had real expectations for the first time this year, not mm-hmm. you know like real lofty expectations. And if they lose, I I think you could probably count on the the division title slipping away from them. And the, and that I mean the standard for the Utes this year is Rose Bowl or bust, in my opinion. Now you might disagree with you. I think you said as long as they make the championship game, then that would be satisfactory. I I think it's higher than that because they did that last year. Yep, but they didn't win it. And so to take the program a step further, especially when you have uh, this particular team with these athletes, you've you got to make the Rose Bowl. That's, it's Rose Bowl or bust. And Arizona State is a really tricky opponent. I, I think there's a reason the Utes are favored by two scores. I'm certainly going to pick Utah over Arizona State uh, in this week's game. I would take, that, I would take the points, though, wouldn't you? Ooh, what, well, I'll double check at what it's at. It was at 13, I think, yesterday. You really think the Utes are two touchdowns better than ASU? Possibly. But see, that's I guess that's the tricky part of this is because AS, ASU is kind of tough to figure out. They've they've scored a bunch of bunch of points some weeks. They haven't scored a bunch of points some weeks. They've given up a bunch of yards one week, and then they're super stingy the next. But here's what they're really good at: gritting out wins regardless of the situation. And there's there's kind of a that's that's tough to uh, you know put your finger on because if you look at ASU statistically, they're not particularly good at anything. They're they're average across the board on everything, but they figure out a way to grit out these victories in in clutch moments, and that's really. <laughs> It's tough to quantify, but it's really dangerous. I didn't even know that to grit was a verb. Well, I just uh, there you go, Gordon. But you're probably right, and I think the Utes are really good. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. Maybe Oregon. I don't know. We're gonna find that out. But two touchdowns better. I I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, and I will state that afterward if the Utes go out and smoke this team. 
But you're right. I mean, look at the track record with this team over the past two seasons when the Utes have been good. They haven't been good enough to beat the uh, beat the Devils. Last year was a disaster, and it wasn't all about Tyler Huntley getting hurt yeah. either. They yeah, gave up over 500 yards in that game. And, and you saw the way that game was trending even before he got hurt. Right. And now they have a freshman quarterback as opposed to a senior, and Nikhil Harry is trying to get healthy enough to, to suit up for the Patriots. But there's other weapons on the offense that makes them – Certainly dangerous. Well, we've talked about the Benjamin kid. He is really, really good. And uh, so this is, but this is, the, the Utes have to win this game. And that's what makes it so compelling, such compelling theater to go in. And I'm sure fans are just out of their minds excited about this game. Because if they get this one, then obviously they have to play well every week, uh, but but uh, then they have to go up to to Washington to face the, the Huskies up there. Uh, but they're good enough. They're good enough to win the conference. So now the question becomes, will they? Right. And Washington doesn't look as formidable as they once did. Right. I think that that game is is certainly winnable. And the Utes don't have to play the Ducks until the championship game if they qualify. And Cal is a good defensive team. But Utah's a really good offensive team, and Cal can't move the ball. I, I wouldn't expect How's them to move it against working for the Bears these days. Uh, not well, no, especially not without their quarterback, who wasn't particularly good to begin with. <laughs> Khalil, uh, you know, Arizona's always a wild card because Khalil Tate has, when he's healthy, at times been really, really good. But then they're also losing games like the one against Hawaii that they they really shouldn't be losing. So they're kind of a, a funny team to to look at. Colorado. Seems to be good at times and not so good at times, but they've got an upperclassman quarterback and a big-time target, a wide receiver when he's healthy, so it makes them a little bit dangerous. But none of these are games that Utah shouldn't win. If we were going to argue back and forth about the whether the Utes can not just win this game but win it convincingly, and I think anything over two touchdowns is convincingly, then – then uh, what has to happen? for uh, Tyler Huntley has to continue to play the way he has been, which has been just excellent. Uh, those receivers that we had questions about earlier, they seem to be coming on strong. We'll see if they can do it against the Devils the way they did it against the bad Oregon State team. Uh, the run game needs to continue to be Excellent. The offensive line has to protect Tyler Huntley, and because it's when you have breakdowns there, when things get goofy, you know that's just weird things that happen that make an upset possible. And I think that's part of what happened last year. I think it's going to really be on those receivers and Tyler Huntley to go out and make big plays. Because I think Utah should be able to run the ball against Arizona State, but they're pretty good against the run, actually. Uh, This is probably the best thing they're at if you look across the stats, but they're pretty good against the run. They're 11th uh, in the country, and uh, they're allowing just 91 and a half yards per game. So that's, I mean, that's pretty good. So Utah's going to go over that. I mean, it, it, Zach Moss is going to go over that. But okay. at some point, they're going to have to make some big th- big plays through the pass game. Let's just presume for a moment that ASU can slow, really put a, 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 a force up against that run game. Will the Utes be able to win that game through the air? See, that's... Now, if you look at what Tyler Huntley's done thus far, I'd, I'd bet on yes. But the reason he's been able to do what he's been able to do is because the Utes have been so effective running the ball as well. That's a killer one-two punch. Well, you know what Arizona State is against the pass? What? You want to you take a ballpark guess? We'll see where you— the, Well, now that you say it that way, then I figure it must not be very good. 
Okay. 50th? 102nd. Well, all right. Surrendering 262.8 yards per game through the air. And that could be that could be because you know it's interesting those two stats they one feeds into the other because of an offensive team thinks okay we're not going to really be able to run the ball very effectively against this defense then we're going to throw it more and if you throw it more generally you're going to gain more yardage, right? I think so. Sure, I think I'm it following makes sense, that. right? It does make sense. So I don't know if the if the Utes gain under a hundred yards rushing in this game. Will, can they win? Will they win? I think they can. Well, it's not going to be as easy, certainly. But, yeah, I think they can. Here, here's what I think the key is, and I'm, I'm stealing this a little bit from Scotty and Hans because I heard them talking about it earlier in the week, but I think they're right on the money. Tyler Huntley needs to, to make plays without thinking he has to do it all. And, and here, I guess, is what I'm getting at. He, he, in the USC game, Tyler Huntley thought he had to go out there and win the game. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe he did. I don't know. But he ran the ball against USC 18 times. Well, some of those were had, off scrambles. A lot of them were. Mm-hmm. But my, my point being is that there, he felt like there was an enormous amount of pressure on him yeah. to go out there and lift his team to the victory. And the way the O-line was playing, frankly, he was probably right. But you look at the rest of the games, Gordon. You look at his, his uh, rushing attempts against Oregon State last week, three. Washington, uh, Washington State, six. USC, as I said, 18. Um, Idaho State, six. NIU, three. BYU, eight. That's, so, that's so, him sitting in the pocket, finding guys, and letting them go out in there and make plays. So if he runs the ball in double figures, something's not right. Something's going haywire. I'm breathing that a little bit. Is that, is that a, a fair conclusion to make from those stats that we just rattled I, off right I, there? I, I think it is. And, in the and pe- when he's in that comfort zone, Jake, that is what makes him so freaking effective. Where I mean, it looks almost casual, doesn't it? Uh, it didn't look casual against the Trojans. Well, just to go with, uh, let's see here. Uh, I mean, if you want to go with yard totals, uh, his worst game was BYU at 106, but outside of that, um, USC is his worst game at 210. So you're looking at against Oregon State 247, against Washington State 334. I mean, when he's sitting down there, uh, sitting back there, and keeping his head up even when he's scrambling, mm-hmm. he's making a ton of plays. So you know, you look at that USC game. It, he needed guys probably to step up, and I, I'm specifically saying the offensive line to give him some time to find you know who he's looking for. But against Arizona State. I think he needs to sit back there, find the right guy, and let those receivers go make plays just like they did against Oregon State. Remember, they uh, Witt gave him the game ball. One of the real advantages to being at a game instead of watching it on TV is you can see if the receivers are open. And I was covering that USC-Utah game, and I don't remember Utah's receivers running wild back there. There were a couple where, where Tyler was scrambling because the offensive line wasn't blocking, and had he kept his head up, uh, he would have been able to find him, but he was he was off to the races running. In fact, I'm trying to remember who did uh, who did uh, the color analyst on the broadcast. I think it was Heward. I think it was Brock Heward pointed out a couple of times where he had automatic sixes. Okay, and well, he was well. I don't know about that, but there might have been a couple of occasions when he could have connected with somebody, but it was not like it was happening on the reg. But I'm not putting the fault on him in that game. He did as much as he could. That, that game was, was somewhat of a disaster from a blocking standpoint. What are, what are you going to do? So, in other words, to beat the Utes, you got to disrupt. Right. Oh, 100%. Knock, it, knock Andy Ludwig's system out of whack. And to do that, you got to stop the run first. 
All right. Uh, what's your best moment or best memory at what venue? We'll get to a couple of our favorites coming up around the corner. For our favorite answer, we're going to give you uh, Guns N' Roses tickets uh, on a win ticket Wednesday. So get that in. We've had a couple of good ones coming in. You can get on our open mic as well. Uh, we also want to remind you about our friends at Ken Garf West Valley Ram. Stop by their dealership during Ram Power Days and take advantage of special offers on new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Ram. More big shows straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. When I look at BYU football, they face this uphill battle. They face challenges a lot of programs don't. We go over all of that stuff all the time. Even if I grade all of that on a curve, they shouldn't be losing to USF. They shouldn't be outscored 25-7 to in the second half against Toledo. It can't happen. Like, they're not that bad. They're not in that bad of a position. So it is talent. It is coaching. It's all of it included. Everything matters. But yeah. BYU football should be and has to be better than this. They don't have time to be worried about injuries. No. They don't have time to be worried about on Code. They don't have time to be worried about uh, what they did or didn't do last week. They got to win this week against Boise State. They have to. Get it together. Figure it out. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Best memory of the spectrum. Head coach Stu Morrill grabs the mic from the announcer and yells at the fans for throwing things on the floor. Back in 84, the Holy War at Rice-Eccles featured a streaker evidently trying to pledge for her sorority. The best tackle all day was at the 50-yard line. 2007-2008 season at Rice-Eccles Stadium, Utah versus TCU, blackout game. Utah down by nine, comes back to win it, goes undefeated. Unbelievable moment, never forget it, go Utes. My favorite moment has to be when the magic happened and I poured beer on Max Hall's family. <laughs> Welcome back. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Uh, I saw the Utah State alumni Twitter account uh, tweeted out, what was your favorite Spectrum memory? And so we're going for your, your favorite memories from the, the, any number of the venues around here because we've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of good ones. You can do the open mic. Uh, you can uh, tweet at us. And the winner, we're going to send you to the Guns N' Roses concert right here at Vivint Smart Home Arena, or the, our favorite, what we perceive as the best. And we'll give out... Uh, We'll give out ours as kind of we go along. Uh, you want me to tell you my Spectrum one? Sure. Uh, Gordon, it was back in 2005. In fact, February 12th, 2005 to be exact. It was a cold day in Logan. And uh, I went up there with Scotty G because uh, Scotty and I wanted to catch the, the big game. Utah State was taking on Pacific, who was ranked 24 in the country at the time. Okay. And you remember Utah State in the Big West. It's not like a lot of Big West teams get ranked, certainly since UNLV left the league. And so this was a huge, huge game. Uh, Utah State actually had an eight-point lead, Gordon, uh, with, let me see here, with 37 seconds left. Okay. Scotty and I are, uh, are bumping around the press box, and uh, we run into the colonel, Randy Spetman, the <laughs> athletic director at the time. Remember uh-huh. Randy, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, so Scotty goes up to the colonel and says, big win, colonel. And this was about with a minute to go. I mean, this is like right 
at the end of the game. Big win for you your guys there, about, Colonel. Don't talk about a no-hitter. <laughs> and so pretty much as soon as the sentence was out of Scotty's mouth, uh, Pacific gets two big threes. There was a turnover in there. David Pack, the point guard at the time, missed two free throws with 11 seconds to go. And it was one of the epic collapses in Utah State basketball <laughs> that's, history. That's your favorite memory? <laughs> they lost 64-63. But yeah, see, it didn't have anything to do really with what happened on the floor. It was just really funny. Like, Scotty completely jinxed that game for Utah State. Like, I blame that L on Scotty. Great win, Colonel. Well done. And then just collapse. All right. Close second at the Spectrum. I liked uh, when you and I went up there for the Utah State-BYU game a few years back where we did the show outside. Yeah, we did. And uh, Because the students had been lined up for like two days or something to get tickets to that game. What the hell just happened? And we were – that was one of the most memorable shows I think we've done when we were outside of the Spectrum. It was fun. It was fun, yeah. Yeah. A lot of students uh, talking to us and stuff. And that game was wild. We stayed up there for the game. That game was was pretty crazy. So BYU won that game. It was Brandon Davies' first game back. After being suspended, so you could imagine what the Utah State fans did with the signage up there. It got a little, got a little blue, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bluer than blue. Uh, so anyway, there, there's my, there's my spectrum memory. There's my favorite spectrum memory, Scotty G. I have a couple. One, uh, well, one up the spectrum. My daughter graduated. Well, let's let's get to one and save them the the rest for throughout the show. We'll we'll try to go through as many venues as we can. But your daughter gra- uh, graduated up there. Yeah, she but, played on the tennis but team. I a, and but I had the daughter who graduated from the University of Utah and daughter who graduated from BYU. So spread them around. So that's going to be your your memory for all three. No, I've for got, the Huntsman I've Center got, and the I've Marriott Center. I've got I've got another one that was pretty pretty important to me, significant that had to do with my dad. Ooh, I like it. Good tease, mm. Gordon. So we'll get to a few of these. It uh, wasn't this moment. I see to show up throughout the show. <laughs> Austin, don't blow the tease because oh, that oh. that is my Huntsman Center answer. <laughs> that right there. That's my favorite Huntsman Center memory right there. That's it. Really? But, oh, one of the highlights of my whole career. I wasn't there, and it's my favorite. So it's unbelievable. Sitting right next to you in that moment was it. By far the most memorable thing that's happened to me. <laughs> At the Huntsman Center. <laughs> All right, so we'll get to that throughout the show. And submit yours. We've, we've had a lot of them already. We'll go through as many as we, as we can. Uh, coming up next, Frank Dolce is going to talk some football with us. But right now, joining us in studio, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from let's, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, let's talk about making memories in the bedroom. Yes. <laughs> good segue, Gordon. Well done. Well, But, hey, you can go back to making good memories. Back to, yeah, that's right. Back to your younger years, right? <laughs> uh, we, we've got a new treatment called acoustic wave therapy. Um, Um, A lot of guys are just learning about this. It was FDA cleared five or six years ago, which is really recent in the medical world, to increase blood flow. So it does something um, that regrows blood vessels called neovascularization. So kind of like the the most similar thing I can compare it to is breaking down a muscle in the gym and building it up stronger and bigger. That's what these treatments do. Um, Normal function in the bedroom, no medication, no side effects. Just a few short treatments, and you can go back to normal. So, in theory, if you call today, in a in a few weeks, yeah, could be like several years ago. That's right. Typical guys are two to three weeks. So, wow. end of October, beginning of November, and you improve as you go. Uh, that's it. You don't have to worry about the pill anymore. It typically lasts a long time, many years. So, long term fix, and you can throw the pills away. 
Don't go through it anymore. Call and find out if it's right for you. 801-901-8000 because you're going to do a free consultation. We are. If you call right now, we'll do an initial analysis with you, uh, an exam. We'll also do a blood flow ultrasound, which will see if this is a blood flow issue. The doctor examines you. It can probably tell you why you have ED. Um, Normally a few hundred dollars. Give us a call right now. We'll do it totally free. And there's no obligation, by the way. No sales pitch. Come on in and see where you're at. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Frank joins us next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Joining us from Las Vegas, the Mountain West Conference Preseason Player of the Year, Sam Merrill. My co-host here, Scotty, he owns a home in Bountiful. Is there some kind of status that comes with stop being it, stop it. from Bountiful or, or raised in Bountiful? <laughs> stop. I've only been there for three that's years. A, Bountiful is, yeah, it's a great place. I don't, I mean, Scotty's not the best guy in the world, but he's all right. <laughs> pretty good commentator, pretty good radio guy. So, See, I, I would guess it's the land of media people, I guess. Loose morals, but... Wow! <laughs> this got out of hand fast. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.